Hello, and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. The spring 2020 anime season is upon us, and to be quite honest, it's a little bit overwhelming how many quality shows there are that interest me. For the past couple of years, I've been following between two and five shows at any given time on a weekly basis, uh, with the notable exception of Winter 2019, which had a massive eight shows that I ended up watching uh, full on through the completion, uh, not to mention the ones that I was initially checking out early on in the season. However, if all goes well this season, uh, I'm looking to be at about twice that number um, that I'm going to be following along with. Uh, Part of that is that I finally got a Funimation subscription in addition to Crunchyroll, but also, I think that the subject matter of shows is much more my speed uh, compared to what we'd normally get. Um, that said, I'm going to be talking about some about some 30-odd shows in about as many minutes. Uh, so enough for the introductions. Let's get to it. A couple quick notes, though. Um, I, didn't, I didn't watch the first episode of literally every show this season. I skipped shows that were sequels to series that I had not yet watched. Um, I'll, I'll do my best to avoid spoilers where possible in my, in, in my uh, recommendations uh, and limit discussion to what happened in the first episode of the series, uh, even if more might have aired at the time this podcast goes up. Uh, dates and times given are in U.S. time zones. I'm going to be doing my best to use both the Japanese and English names where appropriate, but apologies for any mispronunciations. So first up, let's talk about shows that uh, I wanted to watch or at least give a chance to, but couldn't find a way to watch legally. Uh, one of my most anticipated shows of the season is BNA, Brand New Animal, uh, produced by my, one of my favorite studios, Studio Trigger. The synopsis says it's in a, set in a world where beastmen live alongside humans but are discriminated against, and a girl wakes up as a beastman and must flee the Anima City where she can live while she tries to figure out what happened to her. Uh, the director is Yor Yoshinori, who, uh, while this is their, his directorial debut, uh, was anime animation director for studio trigger classics such as Little Witch Academia and my personal all-time favorite anime, Gurren Lagann, um, which also featured Beastman, by the way. Um, the story is written by Kazuki Nakashima, the same person who was the head writer for Kill la Kill, so this is one I'm definitely stoked for. Unfortunately, this one is being distributed in the West by Netflix, which is the habit of not releasing episodes weekly as they air in Japan, but instead waiting for the end of the season before releasing it all at once to binge as per their business model. So even if I won't be, it won't be several months more until I can watch BNA legally, I'll be ready to watch it the day it drops. That said, in the meantime, I'll watch Netflix's other furry anime, uh, Beastars, uh, which I didn't get to last couple seasons ago. Uh, BNA aside, uh, quickly, the other anime I couldn't find the legal way to watch were Hakusan Daimao, uh, The Genie Family, which is a sequel from an anime in the 1970s about a family of genies, Mukul Dreamy, a magical girl show based off of one of Sanrio, the creative Hello Kitty, uh, one of their characters, Tomika Kuzna Gatai, Earth Graner, a children's mecha show, and Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, the 20th anniversary show uh, of the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. Apparently, the show introduces a new mechanic for the card game, as they usually do, uh, called Rust Duels, um, where you only can play three monsters, you can summon any number of monsters at a time, and you drop to five each turn, not just one per turn. Um, supposedly, it makes for faster gameplay. However, there doesn't see, seem to be any plans for Konami to actually bring Rust Duels as a mechanic to the English version of the card game, so maybe that explains why it hasn't come over to the West. Bit of a shame, actually. I, was, I wasn't planning on following the series weekly, as I usually don't with the Yu-Gi-Oh! series, but I at least wanted to watch the first episode for old time's sake. Uh, maybe I'll sail the, the seven seas for that. 
Uh, anyway, going off of the Yu-Gi-Oh! tangent uh, with its new sequel, there are a couple of other shows with sequels this season that I will be following along with. Uh, for the most part, if you've seen the originals, you'll know what to uh, if you want to follow along for the sequel. So I won't talk too much about the contents of the first episode so much. Um, and if you haven't seen the original yet, you know, start there before deciding if you want to further follow along with these current seas- the se- uh, series. Uh, so another show from the 90s, like Yu-Gi-Oh! that's getting a sequel, is Digimon Adventures. Um, this one is a retelling of the original 1999 anime we grew up with, with Ty, Matt, and all the other Digidestin, but this time set in 2020, um, where obviously the internet is a much bigger part of our daily lives uh, as opposed to it was in the late 90s. Um, right off the bat, there are some pretty differences, uh, pretty key differences. It starts off with Ty and Agumon, um, you know, pretty much focusing only on them with Izzy kind of showing up and Matt showing up at the end of the first episode. Um, and the digital world isn't so much a separate world as in the original series, but, you know, more along the lines of the internet space um, as it appeared in the Digimon movie, our game. Um, uh, in fact, uh, the preview title of the second season is called War Games, and the hook there is kind of similar to what happened in the movie. So kind of interesting that they're going for that angle. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about these changes. The animation is definitely a lot better. The Greymon fights um, are definitely a lot more dynamic uh, compared to what you used to see back in the 90s. Um, So it has that going for it. Um, I'll give it a chance to see if it catches up with the rest of the original cast. Um, I definitely was a Joe and Goemon kid um, more so than any others. Um, And, you know, hopefully the show gives them some time to time and maybe even gets to the digital world proper um, before I pass judgment completely. Uh, The Digimon Adventures can be found on Crunchyroll uh, on late Saturday. Saturdays, so all you means you watching Sunday morning. Uh, next up, we have the second part of the Gundam Build Divers Re-Rise series, uh, which comes out on Thursdays on Crunchyroll, or as if you, like me, watch it like me, on the Gundam Info YouTube channel. Uh, to be honest, I never really grew up with Gundam as a kid, um, and somehow the Gundam Build Fighters universe back in 2013 was my first real introduction to the franchise. Um, so I kind of have a soft spot for this corner of the Gundam universe. Um, cynically, if you know a Gundam series, uh, you know, they're, especially the Build series, it's kind of uh, meant uh, as a big advertisement for all the plastic model kits. Um, and guilt, I'm guilty enough of having followed and built several models out of the uh, Build Fighters universe. Um, so, you know, I'll be following along here. Um, you know, the most recent series, uh, which ended a couple seasons ago, um, so the halfway point of the Revise franchise, um, had a twist I didn't really see coming. Uh, and, you know, this first recap episode was most, mostly a recap episode um, t- passing us back up to speed. So, you know, we'll start seeing where um, where the series goes from here. But I'm, I'm in. Um, definitely go back and check out the first season if you want to see if this is something up your alley. Another series I'm kind of stuck with is Sokugeki no Soma, also known as Food Wars. Um, uh, I started reading the manga when it first came out in Weekly Shonen Jump uh, back in 2012 and followed it along its entire run that ended last year in 2019. Uh, to be honest, it definitely impacted my life outside of just anime, got me more interested in cooking in general to the point where I've cosplayed as Soma uh, at New York Comic Con. So of course, I'll be f- I've been following the anime since it premiered in 2015. And now on the final fifth season and I have mixed feelings. Uh, the final arc of Food Wars in the manga is, to be bluntly, kind of you know, as bad as Game of Thrones' ending was uh, in terms of the writing, characterization, uh, even the detail, the food preparation, and Mason kind of goes down. Um, you know, so if you're looking for a good ending to Food Wars, I would say watch up to the end of season four or read up to chapter 263 and be done with it, you know, 
Um, however, if you're like me and you kind of want to see if they're able to salvage it, hopefully with a, a anime original ending, uh, join me on Crunchyrolls on Fridays. Um, if not, for the quality of the show, for the quality of roasting uh, in the discussion threads that will pop up afterwards. Uh, the final sequel I'll be watching is Kaguya-sama Love is War Season 2, uh, coming out on Funimation on Saturdays. Picks up right off where the first season left off, uh, kind of with the episodic, um, you know, uh, engagements uh, in a pretty comedic take on, you know, high school student life and taking their crushes and romance way too seriously. Uh, normally, high school romance shows aren't my thing, but, you know, this just leans so heavily into the comedic aspect, um, and it kind of escalates what a normal high school uh, experience would be like that, um, you know, it does in the way that only can be done with animation, which is top-notch alongside the music. Um, so, you know, definitely on this. If, you, if you've watched the first season, you're probably already tuned into this one. And if you haven't, do yourself a favor and get on watching Kaguya-sama the first season. Uh, moving right along, uh, let's talk about some brand new shows this season. Um, so there are a couple of different ways I could have grouped these. I considered going by genre, uh, talking about some loses together, thought about going you know in order of the week. Um, however, I think I'll work my way up uh, from the shows I'm definitely not recommending this season. Uh, to those that are a bit of a maybe for me, I'll give them the three-episode rule. Uh, to those I'm definitely all in on, at least after the first episode. Uh, so first of those I'm not recommending. Um, so these first two shows actually aren't that bad. Um, they're just not my personal cup of tea. Um, first up, we have Future Folk Tales, uh, which is the only show I know that's streaming on High Dive on Saturdays. Um, so the premise here in the future Saudi Arabia, there's a family with a grandmother uh, who tells her grandchildren myths and legends from the past, um, particularly those with a focus on Middle Eastern background. Um, it's a unique, t- unique take, um, but it actually makes sense when you realize this is a co-production between a Saudi foundation founded by the crown prince of of all people uh, and Toei Animation. Um, This kind of reminds me of the late 90s uh, Osamu Tezuka anime uh, in the beginning, Bible stories that came from a quest from the Vatican of all places um, to ask the Astro Boy creator to create an anime about the Old Testament stories. Uh, there are other Christian anime from the 80s and 90s, such as Superbook and The Flying House, um, if you remember those. And the aesthetic of future folktales with the rounded character designs kind of falls into into that. Uh, it's definitely geared, both, all of those shows are geared toward children as is future folktales. Um, and like those stories, um, you know, uh, the the resolutions and the plot are very, you know, not the greatest animation and definitely not the most complex stories. Um, in fact, according apparently the story told in the first uh, episode is a bit toned down from the original to make it more kid-friendly. Um, the show is more interesting for the implications of the global reach and influence of anime uh, than it is for its actual content. I mean, you know, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia is basically using it as a propaganda tool to raise Saudi Arabia's profile uh, in the global market. Um, but hey, you know, if you have a kid or, or, or if you're hankering for more Middle Eastern representation in anime, uh, go for it. Uh, next up, we have Hachinante Sore Wanai Desho, or The Eighth Son, Are You Serious? Um, I call it Hachinante for short. It's streaming on Crunchyroll uh, on Thursdays. Um, and it's based on a light novel, um, as most of these are. It's a pretty generic isekai or other world story um and where you know the character uh middle-aged salaryman ends up getting reborn in another world um this time as the eighth son of a no of a no of a poor noble family so um you know given the lines of succession he's probably not going to do much in his life um and not inherit a lot not set for life as as if he supposed if he was in a richer family and the first son um so you know 
that's, I guess, a little bit unique, but frankly, kind of the world of swords and sorcery in which it takes place, and it's kind of the generic um, fantasy world of all isekai, and it really doesn't do anything unique with it to help it stand out. Um, I don't think it's a bad so I think it's just more bland than bad um, and frankly there are better shows even this season that you could watch instead uh, for if you want to get your isekai fix um, the next shows are you know a bunch of game adaptations and I don't know I guess for me I find adaptations of mobile games are really successful unless you're already a fan of the original work um, as is the case for all of these shows um, so the first one is Sachu Battle no Jikan Desu, or President, It's Time to Battle, um, or Sachi Battle for short, uh, streaming from Funimation on Sundays. Um, so it's based on a free-to-play RPG where you're the president of an adventuring guild company uh, who hires new employees to complete quests and help the company become profitable uh, by going into dungeons. While the premise of a you know, of a main character who doesn't actually do adventuring himself, um, but needs is more business savvy uh, in the sword and sorcery world to manage a guild and turn a profit. That would be pretty interesting if done interestingly. In fact, um, Log Horizon or Reincarnated as my sli- as a slime are two of my favorite isekai anime because of they take they take this very premise of focusing more on the economics and uh, building up a company within a world as opposed to actually doing the adventuring themselves. Um, or, you know, if the anime had been about the battle tactics of ordering your employees from the office, um, that would be interesting. But instead, they go for a generic dungeon clearing approach with, you know, Pikachu, go for the horn kind of tactics. Um, and the protagonist is kind of a blank slate of protagonist who's a bit of a pushover. Um, and, you know, that's not really appealing for me. So, you know, this isn't going to be something I'm going to be watching. If you're a fan of, Sa- of Sachubato um, as a game, definitely go for it. But, you know, again, better things to watch this season. Uh, another game uh, is Princess Connect Redive or Prekone, um, streaming I think on Mondays uh, from Crunchyroll. Um, so you know the new protagonist stick being like a blank slate carries over to this anime too. Um, this is an adaptation of a role-playing mobile game that's a sequel actually to another video game, just just Princess Connect. Um, hence the Redive, you know, subtitle. It see it seems to be in a similar vein where you collect characters for your party um, through the gotcha mechanic um, lottery, and the anime will follow protagonist as he collects new, mostly female, party members. Uh, the most memorable part, memorable part about this anime actually is that the protagonist has amnesia, pretty common for uh, uh, isekai anime. Um, that is isn't new. But this amnesia is so extreme that the main character has basically not only forgotten who he is, but kind of basic functions of humanity, right? He's forgotten how money works. He doesn't really talk at all in the anime, um, taking the blank slate to an extreme, really only repeating phrases that are said back to him um, as if you were a baby. It's honestly a bit amusing, um, especially there are these derpy-looking wolves that come in and take advantage of him. Um, so, you know, it gives vibes of the wildly popular Konosuba, um, uh, Isekai anime, uh, which is pretty comedic, and, you know, it's a little bit more toned down, and that's not a surprise, actually, because the director of such a, of Prekone is actually the same director as Konosuba, um, and so that, that being said, you know, if you want a comedic Isekai, um, just go watch Konosuba, um, you know, if you want something comedic, uh, to watch, um, that said, if you've already watched Konosuba, maybe this is up your alley and you want a little bit more of that, by all means, go for this one. Uh, next up is uh, Bungo to Alchemist, Sinpan no Maguruma, or Bungo and Alchemist, Geos of God's Judgment, uh, seeming on Funimation on Thursday, uh, based on another mobile gacha game where you summon pretty boy versions of historical authors and have them fight the evil taint, uh, 
nice choice of words, um, that are trying to eliminate literature by changing the story. Uh, it reminds me of a similar anime last year actually called Grimm's Notes, where it was fairy tales instead of classic literature and fairy tale characters instead of uh, authors. Um, that said, yeah, this is basically straight up. Uh, the animation isn't super great. Um, the, a lot of the budget definitely went into like the character designs to make the boys very pretty. Um, but the plot is kind of pretty contrived. And, uh, you know, there's actually another anime of a similar premise of crossing over authors from different periods of time um, that has a lot of the same characters and even the same title, similar title, Bungo Stray Dogs. Um, I haven't seen it myself, but, you know, I would definitely probably check that out before, unless you're a fan of this, of the mobile game, uh, watch Bungo Stray Dogs uh, instead of watching Bungo to Alchemist. Uh, next up, the other video game, uh, another video game is Saddleverse, streaming on Crunchyroll on Tuesdays. Uh, basically, instead of Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, uh, we got uh, Saddleverse, which is basically a Hearthstone clone um, that has apparently one unique mechanic, which they don't really explain that well in the anime in the first episode. Um, honestly, it has all the worst aspects of Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, there's an obnoxious thug opponent, the resolutions to duels, all about top-decking cards that happen to be great, and, oh, it's not about winning or losing, it's about having fun in the game, which, okay, fine, I guess that's a good angle to take, but it kind of doesn't make for compelling gameplay. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have any positive, just nostalgia or, or uh, you know, unique characters. So, and, you know, the rules explanations are pretty not, con- like, not uh consistent um and even from what i could tell like they put so much weight behind oh i'm doing this is so badass um no that's just kind of like prolonging the inevitable anyway um at least Yu-Gi-Oh had a consistent if complicated set of of rules uh maybe it's me being a magic the gathering player and being kind of judgy um but if you want a card game you know go find that Yu-Gi-Oh anime i was talking about earlier um and then finally, um, the last anime I'm not I'm nothing to say you should not be checking out uh, is Zero Neko Project Zero Chronicle, uh, streaming on Funimation on Mondays. Another mobile action RPG. Uh, it's basically a high fantasy world where there are two sides, light and dark, and the protagonist from each side is fated to meet each other someday down the road. Um, the thing is, the production quality of this is really bad. Um, the animation, characters don't move great. They don't even stay on model half the time. Um, and when they do, the model looks very flat, not a lot of shadow um, to make it feel like, feel like a real world. Um, they say nothing of the writing. Character motivations are you know, completely bizarre here. Um, at the very least, you know, if I'm going to watch this train wreck of a show, um, give me a unique premise that hasn't been done before, or give me great animation I can at least appreciate, or or give me good writing. Or even if the animation is bad, uh, and you know it's still like a generic way, if you can execute the writing well, I can appreciate that. Um, you know, you could excuse that it looks, looks very style, highly stylized. To fail on all three aspects is pretty bad, and you know it just feels like it's trying to be edgy for edgy's sake, um, which is not what you want in an anime. So definitely. I can't really make any real recommendations for Zero Neko. There's another edgy show this season, uh, which will be coming up in a little bit, um, which is in the next category. So the last category were red light anime that I'm not going to be watching after the first episode. Um, these next few shows are anime that I'm willing to give a chance to. Um, you may know of the three-episode rule, which is a convention to uh, go ahead and, um, you know, 
check out, check out a show for three episodes and see if it develops into something you like. Um, you know, uh, and I think these are good these are good shows for canons for one reason or another. Maybe I'm not convinced that the good first episode was maybe a fluke and the quality will continue on, or maybe this is something similar in the season that I feel might be doing it a little bit better, or maybe just my personal tastes aren't quite where they're trying to hit. But you know, maybe it's something I'm willing to try out. Um, and if yours is different, you might disagree. So. First up of these uh, yellow light shows, uh, as I'm going to call them, is Gleipnir, uh, streaming on Funimation on Sundays. Uh, this is kind of like Serial Neko in that it's the most edgy, grim, dark show of the season, um, which no one else is really trying to do, again, aside from Serial Neko. Um, and I like to have at least one show that kind of goes there in my rotation. Uh, based on the seinen manga um, I haven't read, it's about a high school student who somehow has the power to transform into a monster that's like a mascot dog. Um, and it looks like it's going down the Battle Royale death game um, type situation where they're like kind of like Dead Man Wonderland uh, with a lot of different characters with unique powers that are trying to kill each other for one reason or another. Now, the quality of the animation is definitely there. Um, there are some mature themes and imagery, and the manga doesn't apparently shy away from uh, nudity or gore or fan service. So if that's something you're not into, you know, you've been warned. Um, at le- very least, watch this when no one else is around. Um, the question is it of whether or not I'm going to follow keep up with this after episode three is if it evolves into being edgy for edgy's sake, which I don't really like, um, or if there are deeper themes to explore, um, if it explores the darker side of humanity in a thoughtful way. Uh, worst case scenario, it turns into something like Us- Osama, the game, uh, Osama game, the animation, which is pretty terrible. Um, more likely, it's average, like Batum, Demon Wonderland, or Darwin's game. Um, however, the auth- director is Kazuhiro Yoneda, who directed a sojo action anime called Akatsuki no Yona, which is really good, actually. Um, I wish there was a second season for it, so I have hope that this actually will be well-written and well-directed. Um, so that, that's Gleipnir. Um, next up, we have Galto Kyo Ryu, or Girl and Dinosaur, which is a Funimation uh, show uh, streaming on Saturdays. Uh, so in the past, I actually really liked watching anime sorts, um, especially for comedy, um, not since not only does the sort of format allow for jokes to land faster and not be bogged down in details, um, but also lots of more experimental styles of animation that wouldn't be feasible for full-length 24-minute episodes. Some of my favorites of this include uh, bookseller Honda-san and Seko Boys. Um, I'm reminded of that kind of comedy here, um, where the situation presented is kind of surreal, to be honest, but you just kind of roll with it, and it's worth a quick chuckle. Um, the only difference here is Girl, uh, Girl and Dinosaur is a full-length anime of 20 Four episode minutes, um, but it's a real trip. Now, not only do you have the premise of a girl having a dinosaur who looks something out of you know Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends um, as a roommate, but then there were segments of claymation, um, and there's also live action segment that's basically just retelling what happened in the animated form. Um, pretty bizarre, uh, given that the studio and director are the same as those behind the anime Pop Team Epic. Uh, the weird surrealness kind of makes sense. Um, I'll be following along to see, you know, if the unique nature of the show and the comedy kind of hits, and if it doesn't feel kind of dragged out longer than it needs to be. Um, maybe I'll go back and watch Pop Team Epic before this. Uh, who knows? Um, Next up, we have Tamayomi, which is a Funimation show on Wednesdays. Um, it's a pretty straightforward series. It's a uh, cute girls doing cute, uh, cute things where the cute thing is uh, playing baseball after being united uh, in high school um, and trying to revive their baseball team. Um, 
So basically, you go a few things plus sports anime, two genres I don't normally, and uh, not, not in my wheelhouse. Um, I find cute girls cute doing cute things is a little bit saccharine uh, to be relaxing, and sports anime can feel dragged out sometimes for me. Um, but for some reason, this doesn't really feel like that to me, which is a little bit weird. Um, the animation isn't super great, but you know the the atmosphere feels comfortable enough, um, and this, and. Um, you know, aside from that, though, there's another cute girl doing cute things. I actually found I enjoyed this season. So maybe Tamayomi, that's why Tamayomi is only a maybe for me. Um, but if baseball is your thing, definitely check this one out, I think. Um, next up, uh, we have Otome Game no Hametsu Flag Sinka Nai Ayakuyu Reizo ni Tensei uh, Sitesimata. Uh, my next life as a villainess, all roots lead to doom, aka Hamefura. Um, this is a country roll game uh, on a country roll show on Saturdays. Wow, the super long title. Um, Isekai anime have become so prevalent that they, you know there's something new every season, um, and they'll kind of start to blur together. Um, Hachinante talked about earlier kind of falls into that problem. It kind of blurs with all the rest of them. Um, combine it with being in the sword and uh, sorcery fantasy realm uh, or the anime that in those worlds that aren't Isekai, um, you really need something to stand out. And you know I. Talked about just five anime that kind of fall in that realm earlier. So what does Otome Gome or, or Hamifura do to stand out? Um, it's pretty self-aware about uh, the genre it's in. It, you know, it's kind of like in zombie movies where the where they don't acknowledge that zombies are a thing in pop culture, and so they're so surprised that zombies have come out. Um, that's really frustrating for me. And this one, they're kind of aware. That, oh. I have been reincarnated into uh, an Atome game, which is a game geared toward women, and essentially it's a fe- it's a reverse harem isekai um, where the protagonist is a female, um, and she's trying to avoid her character in the game getting a bad bad ending. Um, beyond that, I can't actually remember the last time there was an isekai with a female protagonist who went to a different world and had a reverse uh, harem. Um, I think the only one I could look up found was Fusugi Yugi, which came out. 20 years ago um, so it's definitely a welcome change compared to most uh, harem anime and isekai anime that come out it's a matter of time uh, you know I'm, I'm going to see if this falls into the more frustrating parts of isekai and harem anime um, that would turn me off so you know we'll see if that happens by episode 3 um, next up we have Fujo KG Balance um, Unlimited or Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited from Funimation on Thursdays um, in a world where Parasite, Joker, Knives Out, Ready or Not all came out last year to critique growing wealth inequality, it's interesting to show that this show is one of the one of the protagonists is someone who has enough fu money to buy his way onto the police force and cause so much mayhem while solving crimes that doesn't go you know he doesn't get in trouble because he can just pay all the collateral damage from his personal bank account. Um, basically, what would happen if Bruce Wayne could have could have what he could have done for Gotham if he didn't feel the need to run around in a bad costume at night beating people up. Um, pair that with a detective who has the heart, has heart and believes in sticking up for old school mentality of what is justice and uh, you know you've that how how you should go about solving crimes the proper way. You've got this show. Um, the premise in and of itself is pretty interesting enough to keep me inter- to keep me uh, watching for a few more episodes. Whether or not I stick with it comes down to whether the "Hey, I'm rich and can throw money at problems" stick gets old or not. If they really do dive into those issues of like what is justice um, and kind of the impact of how how to go about solving these shows, um, that could be interesting. Uh, I'm getting vibes of Psychopaths or Tiger and Bunny, um, 
you know, where there are two conflicting approaches on how what it means to be a policing force in the world. Um, looking at the staff for this one, the director is Tomohiko Ito, who directed Erased, Sword Art Online, and one of my favorite anime, Silver Spoon. Um, he's also worked on Death Note. Uh, as episode director, so I have pretty high hopes for this one. Um, animation music is pretty good as well. Um, it's really they're super catchy. So um, that is uh, Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited. And finally, Yellow Light Show. Or sorry, two more. Um, but you know, this is kind of shifting and. You know, uh, Millionaire Detective and these next couple of shows are pretty interesting because it sort of shows a trend of more shows that are of working adults um, as opposed to being in high school or in a fantasy world. Um, and that's, you know, kind of a genre that I, I think really speaks to me and, and why I'm really interested in a lot of this season. Um, we have Kitsuki Tante Dokoro or Woodpecker Detective Office, uh, streaming on Crunchy Rolls on Monday, another detective's anime based on a 1999 mystery novel set in the Meiji era following a Holmes and Watson detective pair with a poet and a linguist. I think the parallels drawn between literature and detective work are pretty insightful um, that make this interesting, and the characters seem like they have enough personality to keep my interest. Um, it's kind of set told through flashback. Um, that's what the whole show is framed as, you know, looking back on what happened in the past from the point of view of one of the characters. Um, it's pretty meditative, um, which is you know pretty good for a show that, that comes out in the middle of the week. Um, the strength of the show and whether I stay with it will come down to whether or not they're able to satisfactorily craft mysteries and resolutions to those mysteries um, you know, in a way that feels earned. Um, will it be you know one crime that kind of unfolds over the course of the entire season? Um, that could be interesting. Um, or are there multiple episodic serialized crimes where there's a crime in each, different crime in each episode? Um, and if that's the case, will they be something that we as a viewer have a chance to solve um, if we pay attention closely enough? Or will they pull some hidden observation that the main character has made that we're not that we're not privy to? Um, that kind of would ruin a detective show for me. Um, I'll give it a few episodes to see if it's able to stick that landing um, and whether that comfy feel is something that I I, I want to continue on with. Uh, finally, and this is actually a lot of people's one of their favorite shows of the season, uh, Yesterday Wo Utate, or Sing Yesterday for Me, uh, streaming on Crunchyroll on Saturdays. Uh, this one adapts a seinen manga about a boy without much ambition in life, sounds like a lot of people I know, uh, who meets his former classmates and another girl named Haru with a pet raven. Um, presumably, this sets up for some sort of triangle romance situation down the line um what i like about this one is it's definitely a lot more grounded than most dramas and anime you know the characters don't have wildly exaggerated uh, you know reactions to things um there are definitely emotions there but they kind of react to those emotions in semi pretty realistic ways um and you know so far in the first episode um any overly dramatic issues that could be easily avoided by just communicating properly or not making too many dumb assumptions, like, oh, what if he means this? Yeah, which drive me nuts and why I don't like a lot of romance anime or drama anime. Um, it's too early to see that'll hold, but the series does come highly recommended online, so I'll give it a few more episodes um, to see if I, if I stay involved. Um, and again, as I'll mention shortly, there are a lot more shows about working adults in the real world that I find a little bit more engaging. Um, hence why it's a maybe for me, given I don't want to you know, spend literally my, my entire week watching only anime. And finally, uh, just as I hit the 30-minute mark, uh, I guess I'm not getting all 30 anime in 30 minutes. Um, these are the shows, anyway, that I'm confident uh, you should be checking out. And I'm definitely pretty, really, it's going to take a lot of steep decline in quality for me to be turned off uh, to stop following these. Um, 
all but one of these are on Funimation, um, and they range from Tuesdays to Saturdays, most of them coming out on Fridays, actually. Um, there's a split between the more realistic, real-world adaptations of working adults, either in the past or present, or more adventure-ish anime that are set in fantasy world, either some sort of alternate history or science fiction future. Um, these are definitely more reflective of my personal tastes, um, and, my, and they also explain why I'm so excited for this season. Uh, so first up, we have Arte, um, streaming on Funimation on Saturdays. Um, it's based on the manga about a girl born into a Renaissance heir family who chooses to pursue art instead of her uh, nobility, um, her noble, noble family pursuits and getting married. Um, I think the appeal here is that I'm really a sucker for shows of stories of people who go after their passion, even against great odds, um, especially when it's not something that's like, oh, I want to be the strongest fighter of all time, right? Um, it's some niche hobby or niche realm of specialty, um, especially if they get dive into the techniques and of that of that uh, realm. Um, add that to the relatively unique setting. Um, I don't remember the last anime that was set in the Renaissance. Um, and then the character, especially of uh, of Arte, is really likable um, and believable. Uh, I'm pretty much in on this one. Um, so that's Arte. Um, next up, we have Hokago Tebo Nisi, or Diary of Our Days in the Breakwater, from Funimation on Tuesdays. Uh, this is the cute girls doing cute things anime I was t- comparing Tamayomi to earlier. Um, basically, instead of the baseball club, the club is the Breakwater Club, a.k.a. Uh, the Fishing Club. Uh, the protagonist is a city girl um, who has moved to the country and is starting high school. Um, in in the countryside, and she kind of gets sanghaied into uh, joining the fishing club. I think the appeal here is that even though cute girls doing cute things isn't my jam, the fact that it's set in a relatively rural setting in the outdoors really is kind of like a weak is a weak spot for me. Um, I really enjoy the anime Barakamon, uh, which is about a clearly artist from the city going to the countryside to recover his health and you know making friends with the young girl there and exploring life in the countryside and just relaxing um, and similarly Gin no Saji which is about um, which I mentioned earlier Silver Spoon um, which is about a high school nerd from Tokyo who goes to the countryside for agricultural high school and discovers what it's like to you know grow up and work on a farm um, and appreciate nature for that um so it's pretty relaxing uh, with the help of, and, uh, you know, I even got a little bit of Grand Blue, the, the diving anime, um, wink, wink, nuts, nuts, the, the diving anime about a newbie getting uh, forced into a particular club, uh, here fishing, in that case, scuba, and then they find out they enjoy the, the ocean more than they realized. Uh, this is going to be my midweek comfort anime for sure. Um, hopefully uh, enjoy it over some fried fish. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Hokago Teibo Nishi. Um, and then my third show uh, that I'm definitely watching is Nami Yokite Kure or Wave. Listen to me, uh, streaming on Funimations on Fridays. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, first off, thanks for making it this far into the episode. Um, but you probably get the sense that I'm into audio as a storytelling medium. Um, I mean, why else would I be doing it as a podcast and not as a YouTube video and becoming an anime tuber or writing a blog or a long post on Reddit? Um, Though there will probably be a Reddit post. Anyway, um, you can probably guess I resonated pretty strongly uh, with this anime about someone working in radio, um, which, you know, I want to get better at doing podcasts, and her diving into the world of radio kind of speaks to me in that regard. Um, You know, if that was only the premise, I think this would be a maybe. Um, But it also is that the character um, of Minare is really strong. Um, And she's not a perfect person by any means. Um, But she's definitely interesting. And combined with the surprisingly good animation, 
um, especially in the first episode with a bear, um, which you don't expect for a radio anime. Um, you've got a real winner here, so uh, I'll be tuning in on uh, a Wave, Listen to Me. Uh, and then fourth up, uh, we have Kagushigoto, uh, which is a Funimation show streaming on Thursdays. So one of my all-time favorite manga is Bakuman, uh, a pretty meta manga about mangaka or manga writers and their journey in making manga. Uh, from, so pretty meta, but uh, it led to a soft spot for me uh, with regard to most anime or manga um, that talk about the process of making manga or anime, uh, specifically Shirobako, Gekkan Shoujin no Zaki-kun, um, or just a couple other examples. Uh, this one has the same, with a widow, widower, widower father, fa- widower father uh, being a mangaka, but the twist is that he wants to hide the fact from his daughter uh, because his manga tend to be a little bit dirty and, and crude, um, and so hijinks ensue. Um, honestly, beyond that premise of being about a mangaka, uh, a manga about mangaka, the series has shown to be definitely able to switch between you know gut-busting hilarity and misunderstandings to pretty sweet sentimental moments between father and daughter. Uh, there's a bit of a, in fact, that sweetness is a bit tins with bittersweetness because it's hinted that you know something will be slowly revealed about the relationship between the father and daughter over the course of the series and i'm really excited to unpack that on top of that the animation and the character designs are pretty stylized and unique um, don't, don't fit in the typical um anime models that you that you tend to see so it helps it stand out uh more um plus there are various puns present in the title a uh, kakushi goto you know, normally means secret, uh, but it can also be written in a way to mean a writing job. Um, and in this case, the secret is that he has a writing job, so it's one and the same. Um, this level of sophistication in the writing shows that, you know, even though it may not always come through the easiest on translations, I'm willing to give it a shot because it's definitely trying to, you know, present itself as intelligently. I'm willing to try to meet it halfway. Um, Next up, we have listeners uh, from Funimation um, and on Friday. So switching gears, you know, the past couple four shows have been about working people um, or kids in high school um, and about working day adults. Um, so the thing is, at my core, I got into anime as a shonen action boy at heart. Um, and, you know, as the years have gone on, as on, gone on I think the specific subgenre of shonen that I really enjoy are adventure series. That's more about discovering the personalities of the character and the world building of the world they inhabit in, um, you know, more, even more so than the individual plot, though obviously that's important as well. Um, Gurren Lagann, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Shampoo, all of these amazing shows kind of fall in this realm. Um, I'm definitely reminded of this with listeners, specifically Gurren Lagann, because there's this whole discover a girl in the graveyard, you know, vibe to both. Um, on top of this, Music being a motif throughout, and um, music anime are kind of another guilty pleasure of mine. Um, you know, there's about a band uh, trying to make music, or especially if they're making references to real life musicians, um, which this show does in spades um, based on the the discussion threads. Um, I'm more than a little bit intrigued. Um, the animation is pretty solid, character designs are pretty unique, um, and of course, the sound is just a Seth's kiss to wrap it all up. Um, I've definitely got Eureka 7 vibes and a little bit of Fooly Cooly in there as well. Um, makes sense given the wide of listeners also wrote for Eureka 7. Um, plus, you know, there's Mecha involved in this. It's, it, I, I see that it's not really a, a music anime. It's really a Mecha anime that has some music stylings around it. But Mecha anime, you know, definitely is something I'm in, in on. We definitely need more of that. So uh, listeners, I'll be following along. Uh, 
Next up, we have Apare Ranman, uh, which is a Funimation show streaming on Friday. Um, it's another adventure anime with a unique set of characters. Um, the premise is that there's a samurai engineer from samurai and an engineer from Japan. They find their way uh, in eight, the 1800s to California, and they must join a race uh, across America uh, to New York City uh, with a very colorful cast of other racers and cars. Uh, basically, this is this wacky oasis from Hanna Barbera, told in anime form. Um, some people say this is Steel Ball Run, which is Jojo Bizarre Adventure Part Seven, with the same premise. Uh, both of those are excellent, so I see no problem here. Uh, thirdly, beyond just this premise, um, for some reason I really enjoy anime that is set in America, um, specifically this time period of America. I'm thinking about Bakano, um, but Kekai Sensen, and even the Digimon movie. Um, that part where they were kind of doing a road trip in the middle of the of this of the Midwest um, has a real road trip vibe to it, which I talked about earlier. So the music in this one is also really great. Um, the characters, the samurai, and the uh, engineer kind of play off of each other in really interesting ways. Um, and the animation and the character design are top, again, all top notch, like most of the shows on here. Uh, so I'm all buckled in to see where this goes. Um, hopefully, it doesn't crash. And then finally, uh, we have Kami no To, or Tower of God on Crunchyroll, uh, streaming on Wednesdays. Um, this is the most hyped show of the series and probably the best show Crunchyroll has this season. Um, so, you know, even if they didn't get a lot of other shows um, from Funimation, um, they at the very least got this one. Uh, it's the first anime I know to be based off of a com- Korean manhwa. Uh, manga is Japanese. Manhwa is kind of the web-based Korean comics that are read more vertically as opposed to paging through a magazine. Um, and they picked up an amazing one to start with. Um, they're going to be working on a bunch of other ones uh, as part of the Crunchyroll original. Um, and based on the reputation, Kami no To or Tower of God is super great. Uh, it's been running for the last 10 years with over 4.5 billion views worldwide. Basically, there's some sort of mystical tower that the protagonist, Bomb, must climb in order to find his friend, Rachel. Um, presumably, it has a lore that's supposed to be as expansive as that of One Piece, um, which is no small comparison. Um, but just from the first few episodes, I definitely get that sense. Um, I also get a sense of Hunter Hunter, which is another one of my favorite Sonin anime, um, which is, you know, the, the unique character designs, uh, but also seemingly well thought out power systems and a universe that will slowly reveal itself over time. Um, and, you know, beyond the premise, um, you know, it reminds me uh, and things it reminds me of the animation style stands out. The character designs are, I don't want to say sketches, but it's definitely not the crisp, clean lines you normally expect from anime. Um, but it's pretty unique and it's not really sloppy, to be honest. Uh, it's like a great balance between introducing new characters, moving the plot forward, and explaining what they knew to about the world to keep you engaged. And that pacing is super important for a show like this, and they've nailed it. Um, and cre- it creates an atmosphere of mystery that leaves you wanting more. So uh, Tower of God is super great. So um, perhaps I'm just hoping this done, one done does well because I really want more manhwa to be made in the anime. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of The Gamer, Feng Senji, uh, God of High School, which is a confirmed to be a, going to be adapted from Country Roll, uh, and the dice that changes everything. So, again, kind of gaming, Asikai theme, you know, what, but whatever. Um, hopefully, we see more good source material getting adapted in the anime. So, at just over 40 minutes in, I finally talked about all 30 shows that I wanted to watch this season, or I did check out this season. Um, to recap, we have uh, five shows I could not find legal streams for. Um, those were uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, um, BNA, uh, Mucal Dreamy, 
and Hakusun Daimao and Tomiga Kusunai Gatai. Uh, we had four shows that are sequels that I'm following Digimon Adventures, Food Wars, uh, Kaguya Season 2, and Gundam Build Fighters, uh, Gundam Build Divers Revise. Uh, seven shows, uh, each of shows that I'm not following, seven shows that I am following for three episodes, and seven shows that I'm all in on. Um, the seven shows I would not recommend are Hachinante, Bungoto Alchemist, Future Folktales, Sacho Battle, Zero Neko Project, Princess Connect V-Drive, Shadowverse, um, the seven shows I am giving the three episode rule are Tamayomi, Galto Kyoryu, Otome Game, No Hametsu, Yesterday Wotate, Gleipnir, Fujo KZ Balance Unlimited, and Kitutsuki Tante Dokoro. And the seven shows I'm definitely watching are Tower of God, Kakushigoto, Listeners, Namiyoki Tekure, Arte, Hokugao Tebo Nisi, and Apere Ranman. Um, the list, full list will be in the show notes, uh, separated uh, for your reading convenience. Um, you know, so that ends up being about uh, 18 shows. Um, I'm going to be at least watching through episode three and definitely 11 shows I'm going to be watching all the way through. Um, so we'll see if the momentum to keep this up with all of them. Uh, Funimation definitely got the better shows this season, with Crunchyroll's best shows being Tower of God, uh, Digimon, and uh, Otome Game, and Yesterday Wo Tate. Um, I'll say that most of the shows I'm definitely or maybe watching ended up being between Thursday and Sa- and Sunday, uh, primarily Friday for definitely watching and and Saturday having most of them maybe watching. So the being on Saturday might make it a little bit easier for me to keep up with. Uh, the only must watch exceptions are Tower of God on Wednesday. And Table Nisi on Tuesdays. I've had to pick a personal top five based on the first episode alone, uh, in no particular order, including sequels. I'd say that's probably Tower of God, Kakushigoto, Listeners, Apare Ranman, and Kaguya Season 2. Of course, if you have different preferences, you might be swayed in other directions. For example, if you really enjoy Isekai or cute girls doing cute things, uh, your list may look a little bit different than mine. Uh, in any case, that's a wrap on the first episode of the first uh, season of Yet Another Anime Podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this look into the t- spring 2020 anime season. Uh, obviously, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what niche and topic I want to cover on this show. I'm thinking somewhere in the space of between anime for total beginners, but also not yet quite anime for full-on otakus. Um, you know, Some maybe inter- intermediate weebiness, I guess, uh, where I can find the common ground between the two. Um, you know, I also like the idea of covering anime from the perspective of somebody uh, who has a lot of interests beyond just anime and manga and how those influence my take on anime and how I consume it. Um, I, I do have to make time for watching anime among all the other interests I have. Um, so maybe trying to find that, you know, finding a way to balance anime with the rest of your life might be something I, I could look into. In any case, if you have any suggestions for the show, please let me know at yet another anime podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at yet Ano Annie Pod, that's Y E T A N O A N I P O D. Uh, I'm also working on getting my my anime list up to date, so once I have that updated, I'll include that uh, in my podcast script template. Um, uh, yet another anime podcast will eventually be found on all of the major uh, podcast sources Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Um, Wherever you find the show, please leave a review on your store of choice or on podchaser.com. Links will be in the show notes. Uh, intro and outro music is provided by Soichi Sakagami at tandes.com. Uh, editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Uh, that's it for this episode. We air on the first and third Fridays of each month. Until then, see you, Space Cowboys. Bang. Mm-hmm.